This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. In part one of my discussion with the legendary Mansoor Barami, one of the most entertaining tennis players ever to walk the planet, Mansoor tells me the incredible story of growing up in Iran and how he got into tennis and how he developed his famous trick shots. Welcome to another edition of Holding Court, and uh, this man has been holding court on the tennis court and entertaining people all over the world for well, probably over 40 years. He's in his 60s. I've been lucky enough to play with him and share the court with him for many years in, in senior tennis tournaments and even some courts uh, uh, on the main tour back in the day, but he's known as probably the most entertaining tennis player of all time, the one and only Mansour Barami speaking to us from Paris, from France today. How are you, Mansour? Hello, Patrick. I'm well. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you are well, too. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Got over the uh, coronavirus pretty quickly. You were nice enough to reach out to me when that hit me about two months ago. So happy to hear things are slowly coming back to normal in Paris and France. And uh, we're, yeah. we're cautiously optimistic, Mansour, that there may be a French Open later in the year. Why don't you just tell me quickly what you're hearing about uh, the possibility of that happening later in the year? Well, I think uh, everything is uh, opening uh, slowly, but surely here, you know, in France. And uh, uh, I think in a couple of uh, weeks' time, uh, the, the Paris and around Paris is still in the red zone. But, uh, you know, everything is open, but only at the outside. And, and uh, I think in a couple of weeks or three weeks, everything is going to be open. And, uh, the, you know, the sports uh, clubs, uh, bars, restaurants, uh, and uh, cinemas, theaters. So uh, I think we are on a good way uh, to go and our, organize our French Open. You know, the only thing is going to be in September, which is, uh, you know, unusual mm -hmm. for, for, for French Open, but it looks pretty good. Oh, good. Well, that's great news. And I'm also yeah. hearing some positive feedback that maybe the U.S. Open will happen here, <clears throat> excuse me, in New York at, a, at its appropriate time late in this summer. So we'll see if that happens. So over the years, Mansoor and I have shared the court playing tennis and in senior doubles, which is sort of like an entertainment vehicle that the big tournaments use to bring in ex-great players and champions and players from that country, whether it's France or Australia, here in the United States, and Wimbledon as well. And Mansoor, you played on the tour for many years. You were an excellent doubles player, but it's really sort of after your playing career on the regular tour that you took off, like your your fame, you know, and, and tell us how, first of all, what I want to talk to you about, Mansoor, is how you got into tennis, because you're in France now, you've lived in France for most of your adult life, but you, you, grew, you grew up in Iran, and how did you get into tennis in that country? Well, uh, my father was uh, working at the biggest sports complex in Iran, which was in Tehran. You know, we had tennis courts, uh, soccer field, the swimming pool, everything. 
that you can imagine. And uh, I, I practically was born there because I, my father had a, we had a small room, a family of six living in a small room, which was our house, our bedroom, our bathroom, our kitchen, everything. And my father was gardening there and, you know, with other families, mm-hmm. uh, people who were working in the stadium. And when I started walking, you know, two, three years old, and, and I was looking around, and I was in a safe uh, area. And uh, when I was five, six, you know, I was going to every sport, which was okay. I had no problem. But every time I come to the tennis court, uh, the, I was pushed away. Uh, they didn't want me to to to, to play tennis because the tennis was. Uh, the courts were, you know, reserved for the for the rich, uh, family rich people, and I was not one. So uh, uh, I kept coming back, uh, and, and after all, I said, "Well, these guys don't want me to play," and mm. that is why it it became a challenge for me. I said, "This is what I want to do now." I could have been a, maybe a soccer player or swimmer or anything. But I just decided to, I want to show these people I want to play tennis. That's what I want to do and nobody's going to stop me. So uh, after coming back and every time and sometimes I was beaten up even, you know, mm. people, you know, the guys would, yeah, kick my ass really, really badly hit and say, get out of here, you know. But I kept coming back and, and they said, okay, one day they told me, okay, you can come here mm. only as a ball boy. You can mm. ball boy for the people but you can never go on the court and play tennis. I was happy to go ball boy for the people. I was getting 10 cents an hour mm-hmm. ball boying, you know, just keeping, picking up the balls and give it to the guys who are, who are, who are not really, uh, you know, like club players, you know, and, and uh, so... Uh, so let me get let me let me get this straight, Mansoor. So you so your father worked in 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 the facility as a as a yes. as a gardener, and so they would put up the families of the people that worked there in like small, basically houses, rooms, as you said, on the facility. So you actually just that was your whole life was inside that sports complex. Absolutely, and, and it was a paradise. This place called Amjadie stadium and for me it was the best place on the earth you know mm-hmm. we had a we had a like 120 square feet uh, room which was like uh, two meters uh, underground mm-hmm. that's what where I was I was I lived until I was 12 years old that's how that was the only thing I, I saw at the house uh, but this place was huge, you know, so we a lot of trees, you know, and water coming straight from the mountains. You could just, mm. uh, water coming on the street, you could just drink them, you know, no problem, you know, and it was, it was uh, the, the best place for me. And all these people who are working in the stadium, their kids like me, we were, we knew each other and, 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 uh, most of, uh, the, the 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 guys with whom I played the, for the national team, you know, presenting Davis Cup, they were in the same situation as I was, mm-hmm. and the generation before me, who were like ten, twelve years older than me, they were in the same uh, position, like ten years before before me. You know, they were also uh, the kids of the, 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 the gardeners, the workers in the stadium. And uh, so 
that's that's how I I I started and to come to the tennis and 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 that was my life. I mean, I was six seven years old. I was coming at five in the morning. I was on the court till eight, and then ball boying, getting ten cents per hour of ball boying, and then at eight I was going to school. Four in the afternoon I would come back and ball boy again for the people uh, till 7, 8 p.m., mm-hmm. and then go home, do the homework, and then and then the day after, start the same thing, and, you know, school and, and ball boying. And, uh, so yeah, when, that, when, that, when, that, was the, when was the time that you could actually get on the court and start playing? Well, the, the very first time that uh, I went really on the court to play, it was this guy... Uh, who was my idol? I was ball boying for. One day he said, Mansur, if you ball boy good, well today, I, I have a good present for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I was, every time he wanted the ball, I would send him the ball with a lot of spins, different spins, you know, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of effort on the ball. And sometimes he would go <laughs> take the ball on the right and the ball go on the left. You know? <laughs> so so this, is, this is when you started to learn all your trick shots. Yeah, this is only yeah. just you know, and 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 uh, and so he said, give me the proper balls, you know, the properly, and I give you a, a present. So mm-hmm. I said, okay. Un- until that moment, I had always played uh, tennis out of the tennis courts, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in in against the wall of there was a, we had a big swimming pool. And uh, the, again, I was hitting ball in the empty swimming pool, especially in the autumn when there was no uh, no water. I would go in there and hit with a broom or a dustpan or just a piece of wood that I could find in the street. So you would go. So you would go into the pool, the empty pool, and hit against like the side yeah. of the in the inside of the pool. Yes, and that was the best place for me to practice mm-hmm. hit against the wall because everything there was no bad bounce, you know. Right. And so I would hit against the wall in the swimming pool, and and with a, with a <laughs> dustpan or with a piece of wood, which I could make it like as a racket. I didn't have racket. Now I've heard a so, lot of stories, man, so about great yeah. players like Martina and Bjorn Borg. You know, starting even my brother and I—not that I was a great player, but you know what I mean. Hitting against the wall as kids, but I've never heard of hitting inside of a pool. This is next yeah, level. The, 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 I, <laughs> I was hitting against against the wall, but the best wall for me was in the autumn uh, when there was no water in the swimming pool, and and I could you know just go there and and in the dry swimming pool and hit against the wall. That was my best spot, and I would stay there three hours, four hours, hit against the wall. You know, I was ten years old, eleven years old, and then uh, when I was twelve, this guy, my idol, his name was Shizad Akbari, and you know he was a member of Davis Cup his mm-hmm. team. You know, and I liked his game, and so. That day he gave me a racket. Right. He gave me a racket, and then I bought another racket for fifteen cents. Hmm. And I, I, I uh, stringed myself. I went to the uh, the the pro shop, and all the used the strings that he was throwing away in the garbage. Mm-hmm. I would collect them, and I strung the racket. You know, uh, the way that a twelve-year-old kid can string a racket. You know, so. I put put a nut in one hole and bring the string, tighten it up, and then put a nail in the next hole to keep that uh, string straight. So 
Now I have two rackets, and I'm so happy that I that night uh, I just I swear I didn't sleep. I, I was just so excited, and I'm just thinking that maybe I there going to the court and and going and and, and hitting uh, on the real court. So I come the next day. It's like one in the afternoon, and it's like. Uh, uh, 120 degrees and, and mm. it's a summer summer day in Tehran. We had 13 courts and the all 13 courts were empty. There was nobody there except uh, except me and it is another kid which was allowed to play. He was allowed to play on the court. I was not. So he said, Master, let's go play. There's nobody and everything. Mm. So we went to the courts. Uh, and we, I'm so proud. I feel like I have two rackets under my arm, uh, and, and, uh, uh, I'm going to the court and I'm imagining that I'm in Wimbledon, you know, center right. court, you right. know, Roland Garros, you know. And so we go to the court and we hit for like less than one minute. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's where I, I find myself surrounded by, by the guards. And, uh, one of these guards, he, he grabbed me uh, like seven, eight times above his head and smashed me on the ground on wow. the cement, you know. Oh my God! Uh, and and uh, yeah, I was I was I was bleeding all over my head, and mm. uh, this guy was a strong guy, forty years old. I was twelve, you know. Mm -hmm. There was not. Uh, I I didn't know what was his problem. He could just tell me, Mansoor, you know, you know, you cannot play. Just. You know, get off the court and go. I would mm. say, yes, for sure, I'm leaving, you know. But he, he grabbed me seven, eight times, and, and I really thought that is the last day of my life. And, and mm. I find after seven, eight times, he left me there. I couldn't move. I was all, there was blood all over the place. And, and I saw him um, going towards my rackets, and, and uh, I begged him, I said, please, uh, his name was Ali Reza. I said, mm. please, Ali Reza, don't leave my rackets alone. Mm. And he just gave me a very dirty look, and then he he put my rackets on his step, and he just uh, walked on both of them and uh, broke them on on, on on half. Broke them. Oh my God! Them. Oh no! It's uh, it's something. Every time I talk about it, I have you know, it just brings me. It's like if it. It's happening right now. Right. You know, it's, it gets me too much. Uh, I can understand. And, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it hurts me. I it mean, hurts me today, even thinking about. Unbelievable. Well, now, I mean, and so go ahead, yeah, going. and then yeah. my brother, my brother came. You know, somebody took me to home. I couldn't walk, and and my brother was coming. He, my brother was twenty-two years old then, and he said, "What happened? Who did this to you?" You know, and then. And this guy who brought me home, he said, that's Iris, I did this to him. So we came back and he just, he just saw the guy and he, he, he broke three, four of his teeth in his mouth. And, and, you know, he just put him on the, on the floor and he said, you touch my brother once more, I kill you this time, you know? And so he said, you guys didn't let me play because my mm. brother, he wanted to play. He did everything, but they didn't let him play. Mm. But you're not going to touch my brother. He's coming, going to, going to play, and you will not ever mm. touch him, you know? So, so because you said well, when you played properly, one year, almost one year after that, the Federation, they needed new players 
So they came, they knew that I had a little talent, right. and they gave me two rackets, and they said, Mansoor, from now on, you can play on any court, any time, as long as you want, just make a reservation and play as much as you want. And these are two rackets for you. So from then on, uh, when I was 13, I started to to play with the real racket, and, and uh, uh, which was much easier than playing with a dustpan or, or, or a piece of wood. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. It was, it was really, really, it was like that. And, and, and I was not the only one who did that. Not there were other players that mm. against whom uh, and with whom I played uh, the Davis Cup, you know, uh, later on with the national team. They were in the same situation as I was too, you know. So they had so and, so the so the federation was able to get you onto those same courts in the complex where you were still living, the same sports complex. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. They, they, the thing is, we didn't have the program like you have, right. you know, in, in uh, USTA or, or in French Federation or, or in Germany. We did not have a, anybody to teach us to play tennis. Mm -hmm. We didn't have all the infrastructures that you have in the West. We didn't have that. And, and there was no program of bringing, uh, champions, players up to the, the best level. Right. Uh, all of us were self, uh, self-taught tennis players, all of us. I, I never had a tennis lesson in my life. I, I just looked how the people uh, playing, mm -hmm. ordinary people, you know, right. and not even the, the, the champions. And that's why you're spending seven, eight hours on the court ball boying for these people. That's how I, 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 I saw how they do. That was, that was like, that was, that was like your YouTube. You know what I mean? Like watching, you could now all the kids can, can watch anyone they want on, on the internet. Yeah. You could see any great player. Yeah. Amazing. Of course. In part two of my discussion with Mansoor, he tells me about his road to becoming a professional tennis player, leaving Iran and becoming a French citizen. Absolutely incredible stuff. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.